The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value, and so can you. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, and uh, apologies for the slight delay in the start of the show. There's been some uh, technical issues, and I'm having to dial in on a phone number today. Uh, but delighted to be with you, and delighted to have the opportunity to talk about engagement starts with uh, you. And uh, firstly, I'd just like to say a big thank you to my guest, Jeff B. Cohen, last week. Uh, if you had the chance to listen to that interview, um, I thought Jeff was a fabulous uh, guest, and he had great fun. I think he thought it was very amusing as he, he played the role of uh, Chunk in the Spielberg movie, The Goonies, is the way I said it in my English accent. Um, but I really, really did love interviewing him. And uh, there was lots of good ideas, great ideas, in fact, on, on deal-making. So I would recommend if you do any deal-making, if you do any sort of procurement or negotiation, that was a really good interview to, uh, to listen to. And it was good fun as well. Now, very sadly, my planned guest uh, had a very close bereavement and is actually at the funeral today. So I decided to do something a little different. Uh, this is actually my 175th unique show. And I thought, why not push myself a little and actually share some of my own content and my own learnings? Um, today, one thing we need, I believe, even more than, than almost uh, any other uh, thing right now, is really engaging leaders, you know, business owners and managers. And if we look at some of the challenges that are going on around the world at the moment where people are not engaged, you know, it's very easy to see that this is just such an important thing at so many different levels. You know, it has the, actually the ability to you know, change our future when people are not engaged with each other. You know, today also, most leaders, they appreciate the importance of employee engagement to productivity, yet I think they often don't consider how engaging that they are personally. Uh, when 35% of people in a survey said they'd actually forgo a major pay rise to see their boss fired, then perhaps they should. So I'm going to share today my thoughts on how you can increase uh, how engaging you are and my ideas and, and thoughts from this come from you know, really extensive experience, but also research with you know, my many radio show uh, guests over the last four years and you know, 25 years of, uh, of, of business experience. I also regularly speak about this topic, in fact, twice in the last two weeks at conferences and events. And uh, Dr. Matthew Higgins at the University of Leicester School of Management very kindly wrote, few presenters can connect the fate of kidnapped penguins to enhanced business performance strategies so seamlessly. If you're intrigued, then do listen on, and I might share the story of the uh, kidnapped penguin. Um, I help leaders and their teams uh, in my own work to elevate the performance of their businesses, their people, and themselves, and I do that through consultancy and masterclasses, coaching, interviewing, speaking, and broadcasting, 
Obviously, I've interviewed um, on the show for four years now. It's accessed in over 50 countries. So that's given me, I think, unusual access to amazing uh, people and guests. I also speak about, I speak about engagement starts with you, but the power to get things done, and also elevate yourself on, online via radio. I'm co-author of The Power to Get Things Done, whether you feel like it or not, which is published in January 2016 in the US by Koji Books, which is Penguin Random House USA. Um, so I'm going to start now and, and chat about you know, why is engagement so important and you know, why does it start with you? I was laughing last week I went to speak at a, a conference in Swansea and my five-year-old son said to me, Dad, Dad, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to Swansea. He said, where's that? I said, it's in the south of Wales. He said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm going to be speaking to, to lots of people. And he said, boring then. And that kind of made me, made me laugh because I thought, that's quite funny for a five-year-old who will talk from the moment he gets up to the moment he'll go to bed. And then I thought, actually, as a young child, children don't tend to like to listen, certainly to adults. They love to talk. And I think that's uh, something that many adults uh, don't actually, um, you know, fully learn that we have got uh, two ears and we've got only one mouth. And that might be one of the challenges we have with engagement, um, perhaps. But what I do know is that if you want to have a great success in your life and in your career, what you have to do is to have the ability to engage with people. You know, people are really important. Back in 1990, when I graduated, I had my first ever, ever job. I was working for a company called Leyland Daff, which was a band business. And it was based, I was based in Birmingham in the middle of England. And I'll never forget, the sales director was about to retire. And he called around at my desk and said these words to me. He said, Chris, he said, this is the last day of my career. And you're only just starting yours. I want to share some wisdom with you. The most important lesson that I've learned in the whole of my career. Chris, people are everything. And I really thought about that. And you know, it's become more important to me over the years that I've been, I've been working. You know, when you're young, you probably, don't, you probably see things like getting a pay rise or even getting a company car or getting the next job or something is important. But what is really important when people at the end of their life is the quality of their relationships. And that might be the thing that when you look back on your life, um, a bit like we talked about in the show on Legacy with uh, Neil Dorwood, you know, the things that people regret are that they didn't you know, engage and, uh, and, and maintain relationships with people. But if we think about it in the workplace, in the workplace is composed of, uh, of people. You know, we are there in our organizations, we're there to serve customers, we're there to provide employment uh, for people, and if they're more engaged, they will deliver more. We, we have suppliers, um, we have a myriad of different people that we have to engage with. And if we can engage with them in a way that they will want to go over and above to help us, because they like us, because they uh, love our, you know, like us as individuals, and because we inspire and we motivate them and we give them direction, they're going to do far more for us. And I think, uh, therefore, engagement is just, you know, so, so important. 
Now, if we look at uh, statistics on things like uh, engagement, you know, I can see why, and we can see why, you know, governments are concerned about engagement today. Um, you know, Mark Carney, who's the, the uh, governor of the Bank of England in the United Kingdom, he's uh, very concerned about the level of employee engagement. Unemployment's come down, but productivity hasn't gone up. And the bit in the middle is engagement. Um, it's people not being engaged in their work. There have been many studies done around engagement, and one of them that people often quote is uh, the work by Gallup. And I often hear people saying, you know, about a third of people are engaged, and then maybe sort of 60% of the remainder are not engaged, and maybe 10% are actively disengaged. But their figures said it was even worse than that. Um, better in America, actually. America, if you're in the United States or Canada, in about 29% of the workforce were seen as being engaged in their work, 54% not, and 18% actively disengaged. Whereas if we go through um, in, in, in Europe, apparently, Western Europe, it was about 14%. Though I suspect UK might be a little bit higher, perhaps. Uh, in Central Europe, 11% engaged, Middle East, 10%. So, you know, some real, some real regional and probably cultural differences. If we think of, say, a football team, uh, I'm a big fan of Leicester City. That's uh, our local team. And my son and I go and watch them. But if we, if we say thought, you know, a third of that team, maybe three out of the 11 players were really actively engaged. They were working really hard on the pitch and trying to get the ball in the net. And then perhaps, you know, six, the remaining six people are you know, a bit disengaged. So they're standing there having selfies with, uh, with people in the crowd. They're, uh, you know, not, um, not really engaged with the game. They're looking around having a kick occasionally. And then imagine if you had two players that were actively so disengaged who were trying to put the ball in their own net. You know, would that be a high-performing team? No, of course it wouldn't. So what we need is we need leaders and managers who can really, really engage with people. And one of the important things, I believe, is that when it comes to engagement, we've got to do two things. And you can do this uh, if you're listening in at the moment. If you put one hand up in the air uh, as a fist, you know, we've got to engage with people's minds. Uh, but if you also um, put another, the other hand up in the air and uh, you kind of uh, do a, like a little children's kind of wave, um, you know, the other area that we've got to engage people with is their hearts. You know, we've got to really get into their listening. And it's not just about telling people, it's about them really feeling and uh, feeling warm towards us and wanting uh, to do what we'd like them to, to do. But the thing is, I think as leaders, we, we often don't see that. And what we must do is we must hold up a mirror to ourselves. A few years ago, I would be well, about 15 now. I was with a sales guy. I was a sales trainer uh, working for a company called Mars, a confectionery company. And I was out, you would go out with salespeople and give them sort of critique and feedback and help them improve their performance in the field. And we went to this, this convenience store in Wales. And they, what they wanted was an ice cream freezer. So could we have a Mars ice cream freezer, please? And we turn up. And the place on the outside was just a tip. in the middle of a busy estate where lots of people lived. There was notices stuck all over the window. And as we walked inside, the first thing we always would go to on those sorts of a call was you'd go have a look. 
to see what was in your competitors' ice cream freezers if they had any. And they had a Walls ice cream freezer in there. It was full of chips, it was full of peas, it was full of frozen pies, no ice cream to be seen. So what we obviously weren't going to do, um, I didn't expect, was to give them an ice cream freezer at our cost for them to put all sorts of uh, other people's products in it. So we go and talk to the, uh, the owner, and uh, the chap I'm with introduced ourselves from Mars, and then he found himself a little bit stuck for words because uh, he knew he was going to have to give him some, most likely some bad news. So I just said, how's business? What do you think he said? Well, this is what he said. He said, absolutely terrible, he said. The people around here, they haven't got a clue. They just do not support us. He said, my wife is so frustrated that she has put this notice up outside on the front window. And he took us outside. And on the front window, there was this notice said, if you do not start to use this facility, it will be taken away from you, the management. You see, they really didn't understand engagement. And they really were not able to, uh, to engage with people's hearts or people's minds. So we're going to go to commercial break now. But after the break, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you about eight sort of principles, thoughts uh, that I have um, derived from um, you know, working with, engaging people and, uh, and doing sort of engaging communications myself that may help you when it comes to being a really engaging leader or manager. So we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the business elevation show with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk that's chris at chriscooper.co.uk now back to chris cooper so um, before the break we were talking about or i was talking about uh, you know why is engagement important and um, and i believe that 
it should start with you because uh, a lot of people think when it comes to engagement and employee engagement, it's about engaging. It's about them. It's about doing something to someone else. When actually, you know, the first aspect of engagement, I think, is to also look at ourselves and look at how engaging we're being. We've got a lot of control over how engaging we actually are. Uh, so if I'm working with this, um, I may talk and do a speech on uh, on um, in being engaging as an individual, and I may go and then do a master class. I'll do some work with people on employee engagement. Um, but let's then look at some of the some ideas and thoughts that might help you with engagement. And the first one um, I was inspired by uh, Jack Canfield, who's been one of the guests on this show, and I think where this was derived from was that um, Jack had a, uh, a really, she had a lot of tenacity, and so did Mark Victor Hansen, when they wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, and they were actually rejected by about 140 different publishers for their first Chicken Soup for the Soul. But what they did is they, uh, they looked at that event and that situation, and they decided to react to it in this way. They said and found out that a publisher needs about 20,000 books uh, to be sold to um, make it worthwhile publishing. So what they agreed to do was to kind of underwrite that 20,000 books, and they got lots of signatures from people who promised to buy the book, and, uh, and that was enough for the publisher then to publish. And the outcome from that was that they got published, but actually Chicken Soup for the Soul went on, and today there's been over 500 million copies sold of that series, which is now 235, I believe, different books. And what Jack said to me in that interview, which I think was very relevant, is, um, is E plus R equals O. So what that's about is, is our life is a sequence of events. And it might be that it's an email that you're receiving, or you're, or you're, you're you know, sending out an email. And it could be that um, your event at this point in time is you know, something that has happened, or you might be doing a, you know, a talk, or you might be in a, a meeting. Um, but these are all little series of events. And your outcomes in life will be related to how you respond in that, to that particular event. So E plus R equals O. And sometimes what we have to do is we have to look at the outcome that we want to achieve and then adjust our response accordingly so it's not just a, a knee-jerk reaction. Because things can go very wrong, can't they, if, you, if we, we have a knee-jerk reaction and we don't think things through. Now, just to give you a sort of little fun example of where I applied this recently, uh, my eldest son, Matthew, is, uh, loves football. And I came home one day, and Matthew's right on the drive, and Matthew's shoulders were really slumped over. And he said to me, Dad, there's a problem. I said, what's that? He said, Dad, I kicked a football through the front window. And he had. He kicked a football through the front window and he kicked it so hard that uh, the lead on the window, because my window is a little leaded, lead panes, it's quite an old house, um, was actually bent in and there was a shape of a football in the window. And what I thought about that situation, I, I said to him, you know, well, how did you do that? And he said, Dad, he said, I kicked the ball from the bottom garden. Now, if you've been to our house, you'd know that we're a little bit blessed and that we've got a long front garden. And my response to him was, Matthew, even Lionel Messi could not kick a ball from the bottom of our garden and smash the window. And I knew what had happened. He'd actually kicked it on the drive, um, where I've told him before that he mustn't kick a football. 
Um, but what I did chose to do was to uh, then um, sort of ask him what was he going to do about it. Um, what did he learn from the situation? So I thought about E plus R equals O because I could have just got you know angry with him and we'd have got nowhere. And he said, Dad, I'll keep the football in the bottom garden in the future. I'm sorry. So that's just one little example. But what happened the following day that I thought was fascinating was my wife went to work and she was chatting with uh, somebody at work and they said to her, isn't that amazing what children get up to? So my son, when he was a similar age, in fact, I think he was a nephew, actually, when he was a similar age, I took him to the zoo. And I turned around for just a couple of minutes, and I bought an ice cream for us. And when I turned around, his hair was damp, his coat was damp. And I said, what have you been doing? I've been doing nothing. Okay. So we said, we walked around the zoo a bit, and then we got in the car. And... I'm driving the car, I'm looking through the rearview mirror, and he's in the back seat, and he's got his coat on, and it was quite a warm day, he's got perspiration running down his face. I said, are you okay? He said, yes, I'm fine, I'm fine. Um, so we get home, and when we get home, I undo the, the front door, and uh, he runs straight upstairs into the bathroom. I think his name may have been Peter. Um, Peter, are you okay? Uh, yes, yes, I'm okay. And then a couple of minutes later, um, I heard his voice again. He said, you'd better come upstairs. So I walked into the bathroom, and there he was, sitting on the bathroom floor with a baby penguin in the bath. He kidnapped a baby penguin. Can you imagine that? So what um, I found amazing about that story was, uh, you know, how little boys maybe see an event and how uh, I don't think he probably intended uh, when he first went to go to the zoo to take a penguin, but obviously it was very cute and very cuddly. Um, but what I particularly looked was the zoo's response because what they didn't do when she rang up and said, um, uh, have you got a penguin missing? Uh, we've got one at our house. Uh, <laughs> you can imagine the conversation was the zoo said, oh, okay, we've, uh, we've got one of gone missing. We better come down and collect it. So they turn up with a box and they collect the penguin and everything's okay. They don't put it on, on social media. They don't make a, a fuss or ring the police or anything like that. But I would, uh, I really respect the zoo for doing that. And I just wonder, you know, how, what we can learn from that, E plus R equals O, how do we react when we get that email that we don't particularly like? Um, you know, how do we react when something happens in a meeting that uh, sort of cuts across our, our sort of values? And what outcome do we want to achieve? And then we go back and decide, and what our reaction is. Now, the next thing I'd like to share is about uh, mindset. And you sort of, you know, our mindset is really, really important when it comes to engagement. How we think and how we feel are really important. And if we want to be engaging, we need to make sure that when we turn up to work, when we make the first phone calls, when we walk in the office, that we are really engaging. Otherwise, that will have an effect on everybody else. Now, what I've found that really engaging people do, and I've seen this in, um, through the conversations that I've had, is that really engaging, successful people, what many do is they have a little ritual in the morning. They might get up and take the dog for a walk. Uh, they may read some really inspirational material, uh, books. You know, there are chapters in books that really inspire you. You know, for me, I often read 
uh, the, in uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I might read the chapter on gratitude if I'm feeling a bit fed up. Um, those things are really helpful. We, people listen to this show in the morning. They listen to it in the car. They listen to it uh, uh, while they're traveling. They download them. And I get uh, messages coming back saying that was really, you know, got me in a great state when I got into the office and work and, you know, my mind's buzzing. So you can do that. What also um, people seem to be doing more of is meditating or, or visualizing what they're going to do during the day and actually taking 15 minutes just to either concentrate on the breathing. So you can listen to the interview with Michael Carroll, who talks all about that, which I did a, a few weeks ago from the archive. He's a mindfulness um, expert. He's a former uh, vice president of uh, Walt Disney. Um, so you can listen to, uh, listen to him. Uh, but the reason that people do that uh, mindfulness exercise is actually not necessarily to relax themselves. It's just to get rid of their clutter, you know, all that noise. So when situations happen when you're at work, rather than all this clutter going on, what you can do is start to appreciate what the reality of the situation is not overlay your thoughts and beliefs um, over the top of it. Um, so I would recommend that you get yourself in a great state. Maybe if you can manage it an hour in the morning, maybe it's just some CDs or, uh, or, or something on your MP3 player when you're going into the office. But develop a little ritual that works for you. So when you get to work, you are fired up. You're on the front foot. You know what you're going to be doing for the day. And that's going to be really engaging to your people around you, to your teams, for example. Uh, all those people that you would connect with. Now, I learned a lovely little fun thing a few years ago. Um, I was uh, on a course. It was uh, David Shepard, who's been on the show before. And what he talked about was uh, three zones. So what you can do if you want to see how engaged your staff are is you can ask them the simple question, how are you? Now, what sort of responses might you get when you ask the question, how are you? And David uh, shared this and split this into three zones. And the first zone was the fantastic zone. So the public people in your office who are you know, fantastic, they'll come back and they'll say, fantastic, I'm brilliant, um, I'm great. It might be the three out of 11 that we were talking about earlier who might be like that. Um, so they're in the fantastic zone. Now, I had great fun. I remember with one of my clients, we'd always be, both be fantastic every time we saw each other. Uh, the second zone is the gray zone. So what sort of responses might fit into the gray zone? Well, things like, mm, I'm okay, uh, I'm good, not bad. My personal favorite is my builder who will say, hmm, fair to middling, young Chris. Uh, so <laughs> those are gray responses. So people are kind of okay, you know, they're maybe you know, only just a bit engaged, or maybe they're a bit disengaged. And then you've got the crap zone. Rubbish. Don't ask. <sighs> or even, perhaps, no response at all, but a, a long-looking face and shoulders that are bent over. And those are going to be the people that you're going to need to work with uh, to engage. And try and get them on their front foot, because those are the people who will be dealing with your customers and, uh, and, and delivering for you. Now, it could be, of course, that some people have got some problems or some issues, and you may be able to help them with that, and sometimes we have a bad day. But if you can get energized and, and program your mind positively and program yourself physically positively, then you're going to be so much more engaging when you're at work and so more able to engage others 
uh, to perform or for you or do the things that you need them to do to be really, really successful. So get yourself on the front foot. Uh, the third, the next principle that I'd like to mention and I really do notice and is that I think people who are really engaging, uh, they really get the point of you know, purpose, vision, and values. Now, in an organization, you have to have the ability, obviously, to be able to articulate the purpose very clearly. You need to articulate a really, really compelling vision so that people will, will follow it and get excited and get engaged by it. You may have a set of values that you need to make sure you know, match and are related to the values of the people who are working for you so they draw energy from it. But what I find is that really engaging people, they also understand their own purpose in life, the why. Um, there's interviews in my archive with, with people like David Heiner. Uh, David always talks uh, about the why, you know, the, the, the big why. Um, and then also, um, it's important, I think, to have your own vision. And so you know how your work fits in to where you're heading. Because uh, then that makes sense. You know, you're, you're on your front foot and you're kind of forward uh, directing uh, towards your compelling vision. And then you feel more energized as well. Just to give you uh, a clue, um, many people don't really understand what a purpose is. Uh, and I work with clients when I'm mentoring clients at a sort of very senior level. This is one thing that I'll always do with them is to, if they don't understand their purpose and their why, I will take them through a process that enables them to gain clarity on that. And sometimes when they do, it's just really, really inspiring for them. Um, I've even had uh, tears in those sessions as well. Um, to give you an example of a, a, a purpose, um, my purpose in life is this. It might, to some of you, sound a bit soft and woolly, but it, for me, it really, really engages and resonates with me. And I'm the purpose of inspiration, responsibility, freedom, and fun. Or the possibility of so. I'm the possibility of inspiration, responsibility, freedom, and fun. And I choose to be somebody who enables organizations and individuals to realize their true potential. Now, I worked on that statement. I, I derived that statement actually when I was about 28, so 19 years ago now. And I know that statement's me. And what I know in every conversation that I'm having, whether it's a coaching call um, with somebody, whether I'm, I'm running an event for somebody, whether I'm speaking, that's why I'm there. I know that's why I'm there. It's not about me. It's about helping them to realize their potential. And those four areas of inspiration, responsibility, freedom, and fun, when I derived them, I wasn't living them, but I do believe I am now. And then vision is so important. I recommend besides a statement around your purpose that you have a written vision, that you've taken the time to think about what you want to achieve. Um, you may choose a, a horizon of maybe 10 years. Uh, my vision now goes towards the end of my life, but you've got a written down uh, statement which covers your wealth, your health, your, fight, uh, your, um, your relationships, uh, maybe what you want to contribute to community, perhaps um, uh, your spirituality. Uh, and what you do is you spend the time working on that so that it is really compelling and engaging for you. Now, at the age of 28, I sat down and for the first time in my life. I wrote down a vision statement. I was a bit, a bit of a crossroads. My girlfriend had ditched me at the time. I was feeling a bit low. I was a bit broke. I just bought a flat in London. 
And I sat down after a course that had been recommended or, or to go to, and I wrote down uh, my vision. And in my vision, I put in there things like I wanted to um, have a wife and a lovely wife and uh, lovely children. I wanted to have a beautiful home, an old home in the country with, with gardens, um, lovely gardens. I wanted to have financial freedom, be able to go on great holidays. I wanted to be able to play the rock guitar really well. And I wanted to have a dog called Barney and, and all of these sorts of things. And when I, at the age of 28, I wrote those things, they just seemed so big to me. So I chose um, by the age of 40, because I could never imagine being that old. But on my 40th birthday, I was able to stand up and sh at, my, at my home with my wife, with my first child, uh, and uh, with a dog coming in two weeks' time, and I played the guitar. I was able to stand and share my vision. You know, this thing, this really does work. So if you haven't got one, take the time to craft a really compelling vision. And if you don't know how to do it, work with a coach or someone like that to help you do it. But when you do that, then you also see the value of purpose and vision in an organization, um, I believe. So we're going to go to a commercial break again after, uh, right now. And after the break, we're going to start to talk, we're going to talk about um, several other areas that are important when it comes to um, engagement. So we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one -one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need, exactly when you need it, so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. And if you want to uh, find out uh, about all the, the guests and shows that are coming up and my take on, on shows, I do subscribe to the newsletter at uh, chriscooper.co.uk where we just send out a, a newsletter once a month, um, but we've got all of that information in it. Um, so I um, want to just uh, talk now about, uh, I'm going to talk about uh, communication because one of the areas that I've found that people are, who are really engaging are clearly very good at is the way that they communicate with others. And I think what they do is they're prepared to be 
not only confident in their communication, but also at times really vulnerable. So you might have noticed during this call that I've shared some personal stories. And uh, I've even shared with you, you know, purpose in life. I had the chance that some people might find that quite amusing and not see that as being particularly grounded, but it really, really helps me. And I'm very happy when I'm standing up and speaking to, to audiences to share personal fun stories about, you know, stories about me and about the family. And um, because what they do is they really engage people. So, I mean, that story I shared earlier on with the penguin. I mean, and that's quite an interesting example. I think the only way that that story falls down a little bit for me is, is the fact that I'm not actually in it. So I told the story beforehand about um, my son so I could link the two stories together. Um, but if you've got stories that you can share when you may be you know, in, when in meetings or when you're uh, speaking to, uh, to groups of people uh, that have a bit more personality that you're in, but they can relate to. So most people can relate to either having children, but if they don't have children, uh, they may actually like animals, like the penguin. Um, most of us actually like stories when we don't quite know what the answer is going to be. So that's kind of provides a bit of an intrigue, a bit of surprise. Uh, people like humor. But often a story can uh, tell, you know, can, can send people off all sorts of positive avenues of thought and uh, reflection. So don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Uh, the other thing I would say is um, don't be prepared to be, you know, I think engaging people are vulnerable by putting themselves out there. Now, I've got some wonderful um, speaker friends um, around the world, and, you know, I do, I do so admire them. You know, they, they are out there and they are um, putting themselves in front of sometimes hundreds of people. I think I've been in front of about 350 in the last uh, couple of weeks where I've stood up and, and spoken. Um, and that took a lot of uh, a lot of bottle for me. It took me about five years of uh, going on, uh, being trained, and that sort of thing to to speak and putting myself through some pain to be uh, you know reasonably comfortable with it. it. Still scares me, but what that means is when you 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 put yourself out like there like that as a thought leader, um, it people tend to gravitate towards you, and it becomes compelling. And other exciting things start to happen. So don't be afraid to. You know, be vulnerable with your communication and, and uh, you know, stand up, uh, tell some stories. I was at a conference last week and um, I was uh, impressed. I, it was a public sector conference I was speaking at and I saw a CEO stand up. His name was Neil Schneider. He's from Stockton and on Tees, I think, uh, a Borough Council. And I was so impressed to see how he uh, shared a, a really engaging uh, communication um, about how well stocks and teas were doing as a borough council, but he also interwoven their personal stories, and you often don't see that from you know CEOs. It's often quite you know quite quite dry, but he'd learned to communicate in a really really engaging way. So I just want to, um, if he happens to listen to this, um, I just want to say you know full respect. It was great to see you do that. And it was great to see um, in a public sector conferences that could sometimes drive being really engaging. Um, the next principle I want to share is um, actually about being more interested than interesting. And do you know those moments when somebody is really interested in you and how special it feels? 
Um, I interviewed um, a lady, um, Adrienne Lawler, Adrian Lawler, who's a friend of mine, who's a former BBC and Sky News reader, uh, the other day. And, you know, she was saying, you know, how special she felt because I'd asked her to do a video with me when I was asking about her thoughts on engagement. And at some point I'll put that onto my website so you can see that. And it does make you feel special. Now, I did an interview where this idea came into, my, came into mind was with a gentleman called Marshall Ferber. So again, Marshall was in the archives in this show. And what Marshall uh, did when we did the interview, but he surprised me. This was a hugely successful man. Um, he's a, a very, very successful man, um, a consultant and, uh, and coach, and he's coached some amazing people and done some incredible programs and events and courses. And what surprised me was, after the interview, how interested he was in me. And he probably spent half an hour with me on the line, finding out more about me. Uh, and you know, by the end of the uh, conversation, I was just sort of blown away. And he did said to me, you know, spend a thousand pounds doing this course with me. I'd have said, yeah, because uh, <laughs> I was so flattered. But I asked him at the end of the, that interview, um, what's the single most important a factor when it comes to success. So this is off record. It wasn't on the interview. Uh, and he said this. He said, be interested rather than trying to be interesting. And I think there's so many people who are out there and they're trying to engage through being interesting. Look at me. I'm different. Uh, I do this. I've got this. I've got that. When actually the most powerful thing is to be interested in other people. So, um, yeah, thank Marshall for that. I think that was a really fantastic insight. I'm sure Marshall would be as interested in everybody else. Um, it wasn't me. That's just the way that he is. But I imagine that's one of the components that have made him really, really successful. The next principle I want to sort of talk about a little bit is about enabling your talent to flow. So, you know, if you've got a, into foot, a football team, if you've got a team you're into, or if maybe it's American football, or, or you've got a, you know, a, another sporting sort of team that you, you follow, you know, what you wouldn't do is you wouldn't put people in a completely uncomfortable role. So you wouldn't put the goalkeeper in, in soccer that I'm into, you wouldn't put the goalkeeper as a striker. Um, you wouldn't sort of mix the team up and put a defender, um, perhaps, as the goalkeeper. Um, you wouldn't let um, the uh, striker perhaps be the manager for the day. Um, what you do is you put people into their flow. You put people into the roles where they're going to be really engaged and they're at their best and they can really, really perform. Uh, so what I utilize uh, with this is I do a lot of work with companies with a system called, I, I utilize called Talent Dynamics. And what Talent Dynamics does is it enables you to understand how you're in your flow and how other people, where they're in their flow. So just to give you a little sort of sense of this, you know, some people are... Uh, they make decisions based upon intuition, and they have a tendency to be more innovative. They love ideas, they're highly creative, and they'd be good at strategy. Whereas there are other people who may be more kind of grounded and more operational. They're good at getting things done to time. They might enjoy doing things like customer service or maybe running production, a factory, um, or whatever. And then you may have people who are actually more of a tendency towards introversion, towards detail, towards systems, or IT, or finance. And other people are actually more extroverted who love people, coaching, training, and probably good in roles like marketing and maybe speaking. Uh, now, that's a very simplistic view of it. 
And but what I've often found is that people are in the wrong roles. I worked with a CEO not long ago, and uh, he was asking me about his son because he said, you know, my son, I put him in two roles. He hasn't performed uh, in the company. I'm really worried about him. And when I looked at bit of this profile with him, I could see why that he'd been in a finance and he'd been in a, 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 a very grounded operational role. Uh, and I said to him, why do you not in marketing? You know, that's where he's going to be, and he's happiest. You know, he's very clearly sits in that area of flow. Um, and uh, therefore, I would recommend that you, you know, explore that, make sure that you're in your flow, you know what you like doing, and you know the areas that you're going to need to delegate to other people, and make sure that the rest of your, de- your team are in the right roles, and you recruit people into the right roles, so they're going to be most engaged. So... That's something I would strongly recommend, and uh, if you need some help around that, then get in touch because uh, I've got a heck of a lot of experience of, uh, of doing this. And for myself, when I I'd went through this process um, many years ago, about six, seven years ago, what I found out was that I actually could be a speaker. Um, I could even be, you know, I could be a communicator. And what that did is it actually helped me with my strategy. So I wouldn't be doing this radio show. I wouldn't be standing on stages and speaking. I wouldn't have written a book um, if it hadn't have been for the wisdom that I acquired through that process. When I found out, it gave me the permission to do some of the things that I, I probably wasn't doing, but um, hadn't realized that I would be good at if I did them. And the um, sort of final point I want to mention is is about really engaging people. They're actually really great at getting things done. They, they get into action. Uh, they, people will judge you based upon your intention, sorry, based upon your behavior. Most people judge themselves based upon their intentions. So what we have to do is become people who are great at um, taking ideas and concepts and, and seeing them through, taking action upon them. Now, what I realized was that this is an issue for people. Um, many people struggle with doing things, particularly things that they don't actually um, have the energy to do. So they may actually not want to do it. Uh, and what this led to was um, my realization a couple of years into my own business when I was actually working on my own, uh, sort of, when I set up this business about seven years ago, something like that, eight years ago. And uh, I had a very successful career, but two years in, I was just really struggling. I didn't understand why until one day it dawned on me that I was just doing the things that I liked doing and I was ignoring the things that I didn't like doing that were important to run a successful business. So I wrote a book about this with Dr. Stephen Levinson. It's called The Power to Get Things Done, Whether You Feel Like It or Not. And what we did is we, we talked to our networks and, and, and found out strategies that people use to get things done. Uh, it's absolutely critical that you do. Uh, the book's coming out in um, in January 2016. It's available on Amazon in the uh, US and the UK for pre-order. Maybe available in other sort of directories for pre-order. Um, but it's great based on a lot of kind of wisdom and uh, and thought, and it's it's packed with ideas. In fact, uh, people like Jack Canfield have endorsed it, and so has Dr. Ivan Meisner from BNI, who's written the forward. So, in there will be lots of top tips on how to how to get things done. Um, I also would um, sort of say to you that being engaging, it's not something that you just learn about. 
it's not something that you just go on a course to do. It's something that you've got to practice. And you've got to remember the, some of these sort of principles that actually it's something you practice each time an event occurs. It's also something that you need to do to get yourself on the front foot each day, you know, by, uh, by uh, doing things that get your mind stimulated and get your energy up. Um, it's, um, you know, it can help if you understand actually why you're there and, uh, and, and have a vision that really engages you um, that will put you on the front foot. And be prepared to be vulnerable and put yourself out there when the opportunities arise. And don't be afraid to tell stories that really um, will engage and, uh, and help people to understand more about who you are. Be interested and not just interesting. Uh, I think that's such a, a critical uh, thing. Be interested in people because people are very important. And uh, most of them will be more interested in themselves, actually, than you. So uh, don't forget that. Um, if you're a manager or a leader of people, or if you're somebody who's set up your own business, um, don't do explore this area of uh, flow and make sure that you're doing work that you love doing. You've got other people to do the things that you don't. And make sure that you build a team that is balanced and with people in roles where they're uh, fully capable and best in their flow to do um, because you will achieve so much more. And don't forget um, that people will be looking at your behavior. They'll be looking at your actions because um, people who get lots done are more engaging and they will engage with you because you're someone who's great at moving things forward. You provide kind of momentum. So as a final message that I'd like to leave you with, I would say, you know, don't be a penguin. Be an engaging leader. You know, get yourself on the front foot. Um, it's not just about engaging others. This is not something that you just do to everyone else. It's something that you need to hold up a mirror to yourself and say, how can I be more engaging as an individual? Right now, the world needs engaging leaders. It needs you to step up. It needs you to step up to another level. And it needs you to um, be somebody who is actively engaged, who can help everybody else and help us improve the issues that are going on within, um, you know, within business and within organizations. And, of course, there's some of you could step up and sort out some of these global issues that are going on right now. And I wish you well. If I can help you in that journey, uh, do get in touch. If you want me to come and speak about this at one of your events or you want me to do some work with yourselves or your team, then you know, personally or, or as an organization, then just contact me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. If you want some more information, there's actually a summary of some of the points in this interview in the news section of my website at chriscooper.co.uk. And on next week's show, uh, I'm really delighted. We've got um, a gentleman called Gavin Preston. He um, does amazing events um, on strategies for growth. I visited one this week. It was, uh, it was fantastic. So next week, we're going to come and talk to you about some strategies that could grow your business that absolutely work and account for organizations. Um, several organizations double their, their uh, results within um, just one year. So uh, I look forward to speaking to you again next, next, um, next week. And if you've enjoyed this show, you know, please do share it with other people because I just think this is such an important message, the message of engagement. Thank you very much. We thank you for listening to the Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.